Hey, this is your name, your name, your name. And, uh, they say it ain't easy. He's real. Gang Green has their man. Jets got themselves a great Robert Sala. Robert Sala. Talk about all gas, no break, the great one. We're not talking about effort on the field. We're talking about the process at which we do things. I'm not going to lie to you. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Keep your foot on the pedal. Base, 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 base. There's no way I'm not going to have enthusiasm on the sideline. Hey, own this run. Own this run. The New York Jets. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Westchester County, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I'm joined, as always, by the number one Jeff in the state of Texas, none other than my colleague and co-host Michael Lagaris. Everybody, what's up, baby? How you Mike, doing, guys? Good to see you again. Didn't mean to interrupt you there. And as you're stepping in, Mike, my apologies. Good to see you again. Now that's how excited I am to see you again, Mike. It's been a minute. Wookie as well. I've talked to you plenty, Wook. Haven't seen you in a bit, bro. Good to see you too. Good to have the trio. The core three. Look, Sammy's jumping on in a minute. But we know Sammy's like the Ringo of our crew, right? He's not, he's not core <laughs> like the three of us. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, guys. Hopefully he doesn't listen to the show and hear me say that when he jumps on. <laughs> Um, but it is good to see you guys again, man. I've been on vacation. Before I left, we got a chance to talk to Chadcast, Scad, and Mike. Those episodes were fire. Ton of great feedback, ton of views, ton of downloads for us on those. Chadcast, Scad, man, he's great on SNY. And we're going to move right through this, but we haven't had a chance to really talk about it yet, Mike, me, and you, or the Wook. I just want to say, man, I appreciate him being on the show. I've seen him on SNY, and he was great. I think he was even more kind of open with us, Mike, because as he explained to me and you, he loves the podcast forum where you could explain things in depth. He's very long-winded like your boy right here is. So, Mike, yeah. those, those podcasts went great. I had a blast on those. Yeah. Um, and I do. I wish Sammy was here just so we could ask him what he thinks about Mike 98, 2010, because he was a little young buck in 98, maybe six or seven, you know? 2010 is more Sammy's, Sammy's wheelhouse. But those episodes are great. Thank you all for listening, supporting us, watching on YouTube, everything with those shows, man. We really appreciate it. But there has been some business here. Mike, since I've been gone, since you've been gone, since we've had a chance to talk to the Jet fans, as of yesterday, Denzel Mims, former guest on Ain't Easy Being Green, I know. traded to the Detroit Lions, Michael. Now, I have I, I literally, me and Mike have not spoken on this for one second. Okay, it only happened yesterday. Me and Mike usually talk every day. We haven't discussed this yet. Mike, when you saw the compensation, I asked the Wook, too. Wook's been riding with us with Denzel Mims since day one. What do you guys think? Insofar as the compensation goes for Mim, seems like they were going to maybe just cut him. Do you think the Jets did a good job just getting anything for him? And then after you answer that, just let me know, Mike, what you think when it comes to kind of how his story played out here with the Jets. Are you a little disappointed? Yeah, I mean, I can't, I'm majorly disappointed. Uh, when we drafted him, you knew I was a big fan. Everybody was really excited to have him with the four, three speed, length, size. We thought he was going to be a great fit in the offense first year, his rookie season. He showed a lot of promise. Uh, but when Robert Sala took over and whatever that his regime brought, he was never able to continue with excelling at the wide receiver position. It's unfortunate. And uh, I thought they should have just traded him last season. They could have got a fourth. They ended up getting a conditional sixth if he makes the team on Detroit. So we gave up a seventh and Denzel Mims for a conditional sixth. 
Um, so we'll, we'll see what happened. But the first thought that really went through my head is the continuation of the second round failures that oh. this franchise has. I mean, it's Elijah Moore, you know, Denzel Mims, Marcus May was one of the few that did pretty well. But then other than that, Christian Hackenberg, Devin Smith, Jason Morrow, Devin Hill, Vlad Dukas. I mean, keep going and going and going. Oh. The second round picks, it's just terrible. So It's crazy. Uh, you know, look, JD had to do what he had to do. There's no way the guy was going to make the team. He doesn't even play on special teams. There's five guys who are going to be a lock at the receiver position. We know that. There probably will be a, U a UDFA that may push for a spot. Um, so I think the handwriting was on the wall. You know, hats off to JD for getting anything because this guy haven't he hasn't even scored a touchdown, and he has yeah. the, of the dropsies. So it's a, it really is unfortunate, but that's it. It is what it is. Yeah, and I think about a year ago, I think it was August of last year, um, he requested a trade, and like Mike mentioned, that he, it didn't go through. Obviously, we didn't really have the wide receiver depth last year that we have this year. So I think it was more of a need to keep him on the team last year. It seemed like he acquiesced a little bit to playing special teams, Mike, but never really became something he got that good at. 42 catches, 676 yards in his Jet career. Zero touchdowns, like Mike said. So getting anything out of that situation, I think, is a positive for the Jets if he does make the team there with the Lions. If not, hey, um, what can you do? I mean, I, I wish him the best in the future. We spoke to him. He seems like a nice kid. Seems like he has the physical tools, Mike. Um, but a lot, it takes a lot more than that to make it in the NFL. And I'm not questioning his mental um acuity or anything of that nature i'm just saying sometimes you might have to go outside your comfort zone maybe you're been a number one wide receiver your whole career then you come to the jets you're a second round pick and then two years in they're asking you to play special teams because they don't think you're cutting it and you don't want it i mean mike we have there's a million stories of undrafted guys that work their way up bart scott a ton of guys i mean any role you give me they're taking to get to where they want to get to i don't know if nims embrace that role but uh, on some positive news Quentin Williams, we haven't talked about this yet. Also, Michael signed his contract a couple days ago, four years, $96 million. Second highest paid defensive tackle in the NFL. The biggest guarantee in New York Jet history handed out to Quentin Williams. Um, guys, I think this was kind of a no-brainer. I know that when Quentin got asked about it, he said it wasn't about money and this and that. Look, you're racing all your social media about the Jets. You know you want some big-time dough. Okay, to admit it's about the money sometimes. Um, I like some of his quotes when he said it's about legacy and this and that. Wookie, this this situation with the Jets, Quinnen, you, me, Sammy, I mean, none of us really for one second stressed it too much because it just seemed like the whole time, Wook, this kind of seemed like a no-brainer signing, right? Not a lot of stress involved in this one. No, you would, you, mean, you would think not. I mean, obviously, there's always that anxiety with every fan when it's not done immediately or when you thought it should be done by. But you knew in the end they're not going to let him walk. They're not, you know... I'm glad they, it worked out for him and the Jets because I'm just hoping that the Giants can get Lawrence signed like like you guys did uh, with 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 and So I think it, obviously it was going to happen. So it, it's good for both of you guys for for the Jets, the fans, and for Quinn himself. He's gonna he's gonna be there for a while, and he's gonna be that dude for a while. So you guys are locked up there for for a, a good amount of time. Didn't they Mike, you know what I like? You know what I like that I heard, Mike. I just want to throw this at you. Is that? Um, oh, they might have, Mike. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, Mike. I think the Jets. Yeah. You know, it was only last year, Wookie, so it's not like they signed yep. him like years ago. They just gave him money last year. So, more, I think, and I think that Quinnen was using because they're so comparable. And Mike got mad at me once when I said people might consider Lawrence better, but look, it's apples and oranges. They're both the both beast mode. And Aaron Donald, to me, that's the three best in tackles right now in the NFL. To Keith, at least, that's that's my that's my opinion. The only guy making more money than Quinnen or Lawrence is Aaron Donald. Um, you look at last year, Mike Quinnen career high in sacks, twelve. 
career high QB hits, 28 QB hits, which I know is, and people that know the NFL, I know a QB hit isn't a sack, but you're just, you're just ruining a play. He's ruining that many plays, right, guys? And then also tackles for a loss. Um, he had career highs with 12. Now, Mike, in his career, Quinn has 60 QB hits. He had half of them last year. You talk about beasting on a contract here, Mike. This is one thing I like that I heard. This is what I wanted to mention, Mike. I kind of lost my train of thought for a moment. Is remember when we signed Mo Wilkerson to that big contract, Mike? Yes. We were all excited about that, and then I don't know. I don't know what happened to him after that. He just, he just absolutely, he's, a, he's an example of the many guys we re-signed or signed that didn't produce after they got the money. Quinn Williams is at least quoted as saying the opposite. He doesn't want to be one of these guys that gets the bag, and then he's like, I'm good. Right. He wants to, he wants to be better. He wants to leave a legacy. He wants to be the best defensive tackle ever. And I, Mike, when you're a Jets fan and you, and you see the Jets draft a guy number three, that Mike, if you remember when we gripped him three, not everybody was sold on it because he only really had that one dominant year at Alabama. And we grabbed him number three. He pans out. He plays great. He improves year after year. And then we re-sign him. And then you hear the guy make the statements he make. If you're a Jet fan, you got to be happy right now. Oh, over the moon, man. I mean, he is, like you said, the first Jet uh, player that we've signed an extension to since we drafted in the first round since Mo Mo Wilkerson. And Mo Wilkerson just didn't have the, um, I don't want to say the skill set, but he just didn't have the want to. Maybe not the drive. Didn't have the drive. And so um, this was a no-brainer. Look, four years, Quinn got what he wanted to get. Just fixed the the amount of time. Equals like the rest of the other contracts for the D-tackle position. Um, This guy is what makes our defense so scary. Um, You know, the shortest position between uh, the defense and the quarterback is right over the top, the center. And that's exactly what he brings and terrorizes on a defensive line. So I'm really excited. I was really happy to see a training camp start today. And he was front and center, you know, speaking positively about the team, about Aaron Rodgers, about everything going on. And you could tell that he's that leader. He's looking to be, like you said, get to that next level. He's not going to just take the bag and and just go off into the sunset. So I I don't believe that um, because that's just not who Quentin Williams is. So I'm super excited. I'm actually going to be buying his jersey here very shortly. Um, You know what I'm saying? I he deserves it. You know what I'm saying? Like I, 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 I've been kind of holding back on guys. Like I got a Beckton right here, and then I'm like, I bought it, and poof, you know what I'm saying? I, so, through, man. I did the same shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I was, I was very, very pleased, and obviously we all knew this was, and it's, and the biggest thing here to me, the most important thing is that all these young players go and look and say, wow, yep. the Jets do reward when you do well, and that's yep. why it was so important to pay this man, pay him righteously, correctly, and ethically so that he could stand in there proud like I am one of the best in the league. I'm, you know what I'm saying? My contract shows that my franchise invested me in in me and I invest in them in that same fashion. So very helpful. And also it gives you the, like if you're a Jets fan and you've been following the Jets long enough to know that we're at a place now. Look, money talks, don't get me wrong. But the Jets are at a place now where a guy like Quinnen wants to come back here. And he's excited to come back. And we're bringing him back. And that's not necessarily a place that's been in a long time. For either our own elite players or other teams' elite players. So I'm, I'm happy to see that, man. I'm really happy we brought Quinnen uh, back in. 27 career sacks. Been a monster his whole career. We know when he's on the field, 
Um, it's just a different defense. I mean, that, that defense last year, fourth overall, fourth in yards, fourth in points. Uh, I think they were kind of 14th or 15th when it comes against the run. But this year with Quinn and big Al Woods in the middle, I mean, it's going to be problems running that ball. And I know Quentin, uh, Quentin Jefferson's more of a of a rushing D tackle, but Al Woods is a monstrosity in the middle. He's six foot three. He's like 350 pounds. He just looked like a, a fire hydrant. So sticking him next to Quinton, man, next year, I think that run game on the defense is going to be even better. And look, we know one of the main topics for hard knocks, which we which we found out this week that they're forced to be on. I'm sure I'm sure Quinton Williams is going to be featured. I'm sure Sauce Mike will be featured. You know Aaron Rodgers is going to be featured. Oh, yeah. Um, well, they'll get into all those guys, Zach Wilson, yada, yada, yada. We're going to go through some of the headlines in a minute, kind of what we think that the biggest headlines heading into camp are, be, are going to be, or the biggest things to keep an eye on for Jet fans heading into camp. Some of them very obvious, maybe some of them not. But Mike, hard knocks. I heard the Jets turned it down. I'm away on vacation. And then you hit me up, you're like, it's official. They forced us to do it. And then every article I read, Mike, was Rodgers – he just seemed like he wasn't, you know, Rodgers is kind of a go-with-the-flow guy. He always seems kind of curmudgeon, like he's not feeling anything. So I, I wasn't expecting him to be excited about it, but you heard the coaches, people kind of comment on it where they're not the most excited about it, the franchise isn't excited. But if you're the NFL, Mike, you're, you're pretty damn excited to get the Jets for hard knocks, so you're not. Hell yeah. They're, I mean, the Jets have been and still are the number one story in football. And, uh, you know, every time you turn on – uh, NFL.com, you know, ESPNs, all those crazy shows that they have. It's always about Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. And and obviously, Hard Knocks is going to want to have uh, the Jets front and center um, on their platform because they're in, very intriguing. It's new. It's sexy. It's New York. It's yep. Aaron Rodgers. It's Stoss. It's, you know, it's brilliant. And I get it. And it's gonna take, and it's gonna attract a lot of eyeballs. Um, the Jets are kicking off the NFL season Monday Night Football against the Bills. You know, this is gonna be a prelude all the way up into that game. You know, I'm sure the producers and directors are gonna be building and building and building the story. You know, there's a whole lot of, you know, you have Quinn and Williams, Quincy Williams, the the Williams brothers with the with the Mario type logos. Like, there's all types of stories that you could get into. So, I, I think it was. You know, obviously Salah and the team didn't want it because of the distractions. But here, yeah, look, yeah. look, you guys, this is about getting ready for the season and doing what you do as men. You, this is how you bring home the bacon. So if there are a couple of more cameras there, if there's a couple of more questions, so what, man? Just get with, do what you got to do. Look, yeah. Salah, your job is on the line, buddy. I'm not, I'm not playing you and JD. Yeah. Like, I want to keep JD, but I'm being for real. JD has not yet put a team out above 500 in his entire time as, yeah. a, as, a, as a general manager. Salah has not coached a team above 500 since he's been a head coach, okay? This is show me the money. And, and I understand that that's why they didn't really want hard knocks or any of the distractions because they know what they got to do. But you know what? When you, when you, you and, and the two of you know what I'm talking about here, you just got to go out and get it done. No excuses. Yeah. Get it done. Hard knocks, no hard knocks don't matter. Don't make a difference. No, sure. I hear you, Mike. Definitely. I mean, this is going to be a big make or break for uh, Robert Salon this year. So I can definitely see him not wanting an extra distraction around. But look, Push comes to shove. Those cameras being around aren't the reason the Jets are going to win or lose any games this year. Exactly. That's what Mike's saying. So you can use that as an excuse if you want, 
Robert Salah doesn't strike me as the type of guy to really make a lot of excuses. He's been pretty accountable since he's been here, but I, I could see him being a little apprehensive, Mike, when it comes to wanting extra cameras and stuff, you know? Maybe he wants to have certain conversations with Zach Wilson and different guys, um, you know, with no cameras there, but hey, it is what it is, man. You play in the NFL. This is the, the number one league on earth. So you play in the biggest market in the country. So, I mean, this is bound to happen if you're going to leave a team like that. But Mike, training camp, speaking of which, Robert Salah and all the, all these notes that we just mentioned just now, training camp popped off today. Guys. It did. Popped off today, the first day of training camp, guys. Um, very excited for this, Michael. This is the beginning of this, the official, official beginning of what we're hoping is just a magical season for Jets. The Jets, Jet fans, all of us that have been riding and dying here. On NBG since day one. Michael was, I know it's just day one here, but you know what's going to happen. The same thing happened when you draft the quarterback number one. You're going to bring in Aaron Rodgers to New York. <laughs> and say he goes two for six. On that first, it's going to be in the paper. Aaron Rodgers, two for six, first time. I mean, I'm like, I waited until right now for some of the notes from today. You texted me a few things during the day um, while I was at work. Why don't you let some of the Jet fans know? what went down the first day of training camp, and then me and Mike are going to kind of let you guys know our top 10 headlines or stories dealing with the squad heading into training camp for all you guys to keep an eye on. Mike, watch Yeah, guys, you look, so here's a couple, some, some, some clips from today's training camp. Um, high level, offense was a little bumpy. You know, they did make some progress there, but uh, the defense really was light. It's out. Michael Carter, the second, was dope out there on the field as in the secondary slot and this guy i, I i'm really thinking this MC2. year you're gonna see a big leap from him out there in the secondary position he looked great just starting off um garrett wilson guys garrett wilson already aaron Rodgers was commenting he said 17 is a lot like 17 talking about Devonte adams obviously he's not Devonte adams but he's special in many ways like Devonte adams his fluidity within in and out breaks being able to read defenses rogers saw that okay this guy was already on the field making catches working with rogers starting day one it was great to see guys zach wilson i would not be here uh honest if i wasn't saying that i wasn't looking at zach wilson because i have him in a dynasty um, uh, uh, yeah, I do have him in a dynasty league, but but I am looking at him as the future potential of this team if he potentially is. And guess what? Today there was some good, there was some bad, kind of like status quo. One thing that did look better with Zach Wilson, he looked more comfortable in reading defenses. That was something that people he was able to go through his progressions. He had a pretty decent day. Um, biggest watch right now from a positional perspective, is going to be the center position. Can Joe Tittman, the second round pick out of Wisconsin, win the starting center position going into the season? That was on full display today. And to see this guy and his size and be able to get down and do everything that's got to be done at the center, it's incredible. So awesome. that was really great to see. Guys, Makai Becton looked fantastic. He lost all that weight. He did really good, looked good in drills. He's not, he didn't go full participation. He was still kind of easy. Mike, was he playing right tackle today? He played left and right. So they okay. were switching him left and right. They, they, okay. He was playing on the second team. Now guys, one thing real quick, I'm gonna oh, say he was, on this, he was on there. Will McDonald beat him for a sack. Beat him bad. Will McDonald, our rookie. Look, 
We don't know about Becton. We don't know where he is, right? But when I start hearing little flashes like rookies making plays and beating NFL starting caliber players, I, I my little antennas go up. Yeah. And I'll continue to listen out for little niblets like that going forward. Um, and then uh, lastly, guys, the, the cornerbacks, Sauce, DJ Reed, I think these two are going to even have a better season than they did last year. You know that they feel disrespected by Madden. Do you know the scores that they gave DJ Reed was an 83? Yes. Yes, they gave DJ Reed an 83. They gave Sauce a 93. They gave they gave Ramsey a 97 or something like that. Ramsey and like three other cats are ahead of Sauce. Yo, so, uh, DJ Reed almost graded out as good as Sauce last year on PFF. Madden, Madden is just, I mean, so, so that's why I'm saying, look, and they look great today. I'm Keith. I'm just telling you, these cats are from what we were hearing media. Yeah. They're motivated. They're motivated. I like it. The, the disrespect. You know what I'm saying? I like Look it because yo, if you're sauce and you come in and you're like, there's never been a corner really that, that played at that level as a rookie. You got to find motivation somewhere. It's not easy because you. I mean, can you play better than he did last year? He was probably the best corner in the NFL. He's a rookie. So he's finding motivation on that 93, which is still pretty good. If I'm DJ Reed, I'd be a little more pissed. Because arguably, cover-wise, at least, I mean, I mean Sauce, is, Sauce is otherworldly, but DJ Reed is covering people almost as good last year. Uh, I think he had one more interception than Sauce did, if I remember correctly. But, well, that's disrespect where our boys got taken out. That got spoken to like that on Madden. And I know the second team, why, why Beckton probably would be on the second team, I guess, so he could play left tackles. But the first team, he's probably playing right tackle, I'm assuming. Um, and that's where McDonald beat him, which is super interesting. Keeping an eye yeah. on Tipman, Mike. And, I love that. And Rogers, real quick, because everyone's going to want to know, Rogers was six for ten in eleven on eleven drills. Um, he, he did he did pretty good. You know, All he right. was just out there, you know, doing his thing. Yeah, and that I mean, and Mike, and then we let Jet fans know what we think the top ten stories or headlines or things people, media, Jet fans should be looking for or looking at this uh, this training camp. Number one's right there. I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers. There's no. There's no, there's no storyline for any team that's drawing as much attention around the NFL as that storyline. Aaron Rodgers, New York Jets, every day, every pass is going to be scrutinized, Mike. Uh, when it comes to New York Jets and our training camp, Michael, is there anything, any story, anything we could bring up that could possibly equate to or come near the attention that Aaron Rodgers is drawing right now? Nothing. When you get a guy of this caliber to... to come to your franchise it's it's not just the skill set okay it is the leadership it is the experience i mean he's out there coaching receivers he's telling safeties hey i see you i see you come on man i see you talking trash because he knows he the guy has tremendous experience and when you bring a, a player coach like that on a young team like this and and all that comes with Aaron Rodgers I mean it is there's no question he is the story that's why the Jets are the story of the NFL right now yeah it's because one of the greatest of all time to ever do it you see him on the screen right there is now playing for the green and white yeah. and it is it is it is really really exciting and it's awesome and it's rare to see someone like this and then how he will then elevate everyone around him up 
You know, Damian Woody was saying the other day, he said when he was on the Jets and they got uh, Favre to come on the team, he said he was a little starstruck right in the beginning because he his whole <laughs> life watched Favre grow up and yep. play in the NFL. And then he's like, yo, this dude's my quarterback. He's like, and I know a lot of them are thinking that right now. Yep. I know a lot of them are feeling that right now. But then everything will just come together like this is our team. You know what I'm saying? And we have not had a leader like this at the quarterback position. Keith, probably, uh, okay, you could say Vinny. You could say Vinny and, and you could say Favre, but I'm not putting Favre there. Nah, he was uh, one uh, year Favre. Uh, 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 of this caliber, I, I don't think we've had, I mean, I don't, I mean, Joe Namath, man. I, I mean, who else? Uh, Ken O'Brien? That's it. Yeah, no one that, certainly nobody, I mean, there's, there's not a lot of quarterbacks in the history of the league that are going to command the respect that Aaron Rodgers commands, regardless of what team you're talking about. The Jets, right. specifically, I mean, our quarterback history is brutal. So when it comes to the Jets, Mike, I don't think there's any question what you just said is 100% accurate. Look, Favre commanded that when he came to the Jets, and we started out well, and he's Brett Favre. He's a Hall of Fame, don't get me wrong. But he was still throwing a million interceptions a year back then. I mean, Brett Favre was now no longer, to me at least, an elite quarterback. He did okay with the Vikings next year, then he fizzled out. Um, I think right now Aaron Rodgers is still slinging. People could say he's not as good as he was three or four years ago. If you want, knock yourself out. He's going to be so much better than Zach Wilson. It's not even worth disgusting. So if you're a Jet fan, I mean, it's just a home run. And Mike, also, there's so many facets of the Rodgers story that are interesting. Just this is his first season outside of Green Bay. And it's in New York, you know, of all places. A new offensive line, new wide receiver. So um, there's a million stories off of Aaron Rodgers in there. Every single day, like Mike said, you see five or six different stories written. So he's certainly the number one storyline for our team. And I'm sure, if he's willing, will be the number one storyline when it comes to hard knocks. And me, Mike, I think the second um, biggest storyline, at least one of the we're not doing it live, so we can probably come back. I know we are doing it live. Here. Mike, what's up? Mike, I think um, one of the other storylines I want to follow or I think is going to be interesting to follow when it comes to the squad is how they deal with expectations for the first time in a long time. Even some hype um, behind the squad right now this year. They're seventh. Um, you look at Vegas right now, the Jets odds are plus 1,600, number seven in the league to win the Super Bowl. Last year, they were obviously down in the low 20s. Here before that, I think they were 28 on their odds, like 12,050 to one or something like that last year. So the odds have changed. The team has changed. Aaron Rodgers has brought a whole new set of expectations for the squad. Just to remind everyone, if you don't know, we have one winning season in the past 12 years, the New York Jets. One winning season in 12 years, seven losing seasons in a row. Yeah. So it's, it's not something to overlook. We haven't had a team with any expectations at all or hype or anyone behind them outside of us in New York in a long time. Right, guys? I'm not saying guys are going to play different or anything like that, but it, it is interesting to see how guys deal with it on um, the hype they finally have now. If guys perform the same, if anything happens with Sauce, if he gets a big head, I'm, I'm just hypothetically throwing these things out there, Michael, because it's been a long time since Jet fans um, nationally or any way, shape, or form have looked at a squad and kind of had this much behind them. I mean, the media's on us. Hard Knocks is following the Jets. They're, the, like I said, Vegas has them number seven. So all different directions. People are expecting a lot from the team, Michael. And that hasn't been the, even Mike, even in 2016 when they went 10 and 6, I don't think there was a lot of expectations that year. I mean, ever since 2000, 2011, we thought we could still ball, right? When we had Sanchez, we came back. Then we fizzled out with Rex, and no one's expected nothing from us in forever. Right. The psychology of the team this year, completely different than it's been in a really long time. 
No, I, I, I agree with you. I look again, and that's why the whole first point about Aaron Rodgers is so important because Aaron Rodgers has had uh, expectations like this in the past when he was on Green Bay and always being someone that they expect the team to go all the way to the Super Bowl. So he can definitely speak to this young team and understand, guys, you used to be the hunters. You used to be the ones going out looking to kill people. Now you're the hunted. You have a target on your chest. And every single game, if you don't think that every team and every coach has been watching the offseason and how they have been talking about us all offseason, you don't think they're coming for us? You, you don't understand football. Yeah. Okay? So he, that that is an absolute change. This team has never been the hunted. And they will be the hunted. And there's a lot of people that are angry with the Jets, they don't, they're like, oh, these are the stupid Jets. Why are they getting all this love? Why are they gonna, we're about to show them. Well, you know what? Y'all gonna have to put up or shut up, man. I mean, yep. look, y'all went and got Aaron Rodgers. Y'all got six games on national television. You, you're the number one, you're on hard knocks. Everybody's watching. And this is when you put up or shut up. But that's why I love guys like Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan and people like Barry Sanders and Muhammad Ali. Because no matter how big and bright the lights were, no matter how much was on the line, it was like it elevated them. It's like yeah. it infused. It's like they they drew on it and became even iller. So that's what you need from Rodgers. That's what you're going to have to get from Salah. And you're going to have to step up and be that. Yeah. Now you're right, Mike. I mean, the team, hypothetically, hopefully... We have division hopes, playoff hopes, should I even say Super Bowl hopes, right? So the team's going to be playing in games and in situations a lot of these guys have never been in before. So it'll be really interesting to see how they react. But one guy you know has been in them before is the leader of the team in the most important position. And that's Aaron Rodgers, man. So I'm hyped about that. Like the guy behind him, he might be handing the ball off to. That's another storyline for us uh, heading into this training camp, is it not? Yeah, man. Um, So, guys, the second most important position to me here... And again, this is, we can have dialogue about it, but I honestly think it's Brees Hall. It's the running back core. I, I know, understand defense. I understand offensive line and everything like that, but you thoughts and this line has to be leveraged for the running game. But what I'm saying is this, do you understand, does everyone here understand what the Jets were last season when they were winning games? They were winning because offensively they could control the ball and Brees Hall was so important part of that so important and when he went down and AVT went down you could see it was like night and day like I couldn't even believe I was like oh my word like I didn't so I understand Aaron Rodgers obviously is the number one most important story to me the health of Brees Hall the health of this rushing attack is to me going to solidify whether we are a Super Bowl team or not because if our defense is as good as I think it's going to be, and you have a running game that can control the clock with a top five, top 10 quarterback, yo. So that's why that to me, the second most important is the health of Brees Hall, the health of that running back core. Like I said, do they go out and get Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott? I don't know. I think right now what JD is doing is he's observing his running back core, seeing where they're at. And if they do need to make an addition, if they do need to make a change, they'll go ahead and make that in the next few days. So that's why I think you see guys like Dalvin and and they're all hanging out, just seeing what the deal is. So that's my second um, player 
uh, place that's most important here as we go into training camp. Yeah, Mike, I think you're right. I think that's one of the things that's overlooked here when people have spoken about a lot of these really good, and even us have spoken about a lot of these really good running backs that are still free agents that could probably be helpful to teams is when you look at the devaluing of that position across the league, you got guys like Saquon and Jacobs and any other guys that can't get that extension. Um, the running back position has changed. So teams are probably waiting to the first week, the second week, the third week of training camp, like Mike just said, see what you got. Right, Donovan, Donovan last year, um, Donovan Knight and Carter, like I said, Mike, out of 50 running backs, they were almost both last when it comes to the yards per carry. So neither of them really showed out last year when they had a chance. So let's see what they bring this year before you go make a move. you got to see what happens with Abanaconda. He could be a beast too. But uh, like Mike mentioned, before he got hurt last year, the Jets were 5-2 and two with Brees Hall in there. And his last game, he, he had 100 yards receiving and 100 yards rushing. So he was turning into what me and Mike suggested he would be which was the player and the guy that we move our, run our offense through. Um, it's what we anticipated last year. We said that all preseason ended up coming to fruition, ended up falling out, playing great. We know we got hurt. Okay, we only won two more games the rest of the year after that. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, guys, it can't be, you can't talk about it enough. I know this is going to be a different offense. Um, Nathaniel Hackett's going to run a completely different offense here than he, you know, than he probably ran in with the Packers, a little bit different personnel. But one thing you can see there is even the years that Aaron Rodgers won the MVP and threw 40 touchdowns, they had a pretty balanced attack with Aaron Jones, with A.J. Dillon there as the, the complement to Aaron Jones. So um, I'm really interested to see how that works out. Another guy we know um, that was drafted last year, Mike, that, that you mentioned him already, that's going to be a huge headline just to see the progression, along with the rest of the receivers, is Garrett Wilson. I mean, he's kind of the main event when it comes to these receivers here. One rookie of the year with Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, and Mike White throwing him the ball. And now he has Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, what do we, like, Wookie, what do you say? Like, last year, 83 catches, 1,100 yards for our boy, four touchdowns, with the worst quarterbacks in the NFL, Wook. Now he has Aaron Rodgers. Theoretically, give me a fantasy projection for our boy. 17 games. How many yards do you think Garrett Wilson's going to get? What do you think he's going to be able to do here with Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback now, as opposed to abysmal quarterback play that we had last year? Now, just just run down his totals from last year again for me, last Keith. Year, for a boy last year, 83 catches, 1,100 yards. Okay. How many touchdowns? Four touchdowns last year. Okay. So, oh, <laughs> no wonder why that kid won offensive rookie of the year. Or rookie of the year. Yep. Um, I mean, you're probably talking just as many or up to probably another 12 to 15 receptions. You're probably yep. talking 13 to 14, possibly 1,500 yards receiving, maybe even more. And seven, seven to ten touchdowns, possibly. If he, if he really goes, I mean, he's he's, in, he's poised to be to have a ridiculous season. Yeah, I don't. Okay, I agree with you 100. percent I think I don't think saying 1500 yards and 10 touchdowns and 100 plus catches is crazy. I think he's going to have 150 plus targets. I think Aaron Rodgers, the last time he had a receiver as good as this, it was Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams' numbers were completely insane. Another thing to know, guys, is that and Michael mentioned this to me this week. Guys that watch tape and watch film and are watching receivers break routes and get open, they look at Garrett Wilson and say he can do the things, he's even the same exact size, that Justin Jefferson is doing. But you didn't see it a lot last year because we had horrible quarterback play, but Mike would show me 10 plays a week when he'd be wide open and he wouldn't throw the ball to him. You know, So I think he has a chance to be really, really special this year. Then you look at the other receivers, guys. The other thing to keep an eye on here, last year, Went into camp. We had Corey Davis. We had Wilson as a rookie. Didn't know what he was going to do. We had Barrios. We had Mims. We had Elijah Moore. This year, 
completely different wide receiver. Okay, Corey Davis is back, hopefully healthy for the whole year, guys. We got Wilson coming in off the work of the year, but you got Alan Lazard, you got Cobb, you got Hardman, Nims just got cut. Um, that's an interesting storyline to keep an eye on. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a lot of trouble developing chemistry with these guys, especially since he's played with Cobb, he played with Lazard. Gary Wilson is as talented as, as it gets, so you take a receiver that good who gets open that often, and you ask Aaron Rodgers to throw that guy the ball, that's problems. That's problems for the NFL. I don't care who you are, what team you are, what scheme you have. Garrett Wilson is going to destroy the NFL this year, guys. And I cannot wait. And Mike mentioned before, and I meant to say this when you we gave Q um, that big contract, Mike. We just Garrett Wilson and Sauce just both won Rookie of the Year. And they get to look and go, oh, the Jets drafted Q. He beasted, and they paid him crazy money. I know yeah. the team that I'm on will do that in the future. That's what Mike was alluding to before. Which is another great reason why um, you know they signed him and why why that looks good for the team moving forward here, Mike. Michael, number number five here when it comes to our headlines, something we touched on briefly already, but it's the big man, Makai Becton, Mike. Is it not? And his attitude and basically where he's going to end up playing. I think that's one of the biggest headlines in all camp. Yeah. So something that I was a little bit surprised uh, to hear was Rich Semini saying that he wouldn't be surprised that Makai Becton gets traded. By the end of the, the end of the uh, training camp period, I was a little bit surprised to hear uh, him say something like that. But when I think about what JD has done with players that don't really want to be here or are having issues with being here, Elijah Moore, Denzel Mims, and Makai Becton didn't say he wanted to get traded, but he was oh, calling out the coach. He was, you know, saying stuff. You know, JD doesn't play, man, and he doesn't care where, when, or where he drafted you. I mean, he's kind of showing that, and I like that in a GM. So, um, I don't think Makai is going to get traded because I think that, from a potential perspective, he has the highest ceiling of any tackle that we have. He was drafted number 11 overall. It's because of the injuries. It's because of his attitude, the weight, and everything that he hasn't been able to achieve that. So he has a lot to prove here, and I think that he is the third most. And the offensive line, their most important uh, position here and story going into uh, training camp. I did notice that um, they have a bunch of tackles that they're going to be rotating in and out, going from left to right. And he has a chance to win a spot here. Dwayne Brown wasn't here today at camp, but it was because of personal reasons. Nothing wrong with him physically or emotionally or mentally or anything like that. So Brown will be back. He'll be ready to roll. He'll be very hard to beat out. Um, but Makai is going to have to come out here and really show his stuff because honestly, guys, Lakin Tomlinson was an absolute, absolute train wreck last season. I mean, he wasn't terrible, but for the amount of money that we're paying him at guard, I was highly disappointed with yeah. what I saw from him. You know, Elijah Vera Tucker got hurt. So, you know, we have a new center, uh, center position battle with, with Pittman. Okay. This offensive line, and we went through this with Chad Cascad. The biggest hole or risk there is on this 2023 New York Jets team is this offensive line because it hasn't been proven out yet. Yep. There's many different parts. Now, there is potential for it to be great. There is potential. But we need to see that. And so what I just talked to you guys about the running attack, what Keith and I were alluding to about Aaron Rodgers and how well he runs his offense, all that's mute. All that's mute if this offensive line is trash. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no way around that, man. I mean, you can have the greatest quarterback in, in the world, and if he's getting his ass knocked down to the ground every time or he's rushed, 
every time he drops back or most of the time he drives back, he's not going to be that effective. I think when it comes to Becton specifically, <clears throat> he definitely, of anyone on the offensive line, is, is the, the story of the line just because everything he's gone through, all the injuries, the comments a few months ago about how they just didn't have his back. He, we're, we're the reason he got injured. It's the coaching staff's fault and all that. Um, I think Salah handled that pretty good in the media. He didn't really give it too much credence. He just moved on, didn't make a big deal about it. But Becton's health and his attitude, I think, are the things that people are keeping the biggest eye on because he's kind of a Jekyll and Hyde type guy. One month he's all about, I'm making a comeback. You guys are going to call me a bust. I'm so motivated. The next month he's throwing the Jets under the bus and blaming them for everything. So I don't know where his head's at. But like you said, Michael, AVT, he got some health issues, but hopefully he continues getting better. Dwayne Brown, health issues. He has some, you know, we're looking at his age. Hopefully he can make it this year okay. Tomlinson, I, my note I have written down for him, Michael, you hit on the head. It was disappointing last year, to say the least. Um, I think he's going to have a bounce back here and play a lot better this year, though, to be honest. And then at center, another storyline. You got McGovern and Tipman, like you said. So a lot of stories on the offensive line, a lot of moving parts here. I think Carter Warren, Billy Turner, Max Mitchell. I think that Joe Douglas really likes those draft picks and likes all of those players, and it's the reason why he'll he'll entertain a trade for Becton. I think he thinks those guys can play just as good as Becton or at least be more um, reliable than Becton. You know, Becton might have a higher ceiling, Mike, but if you're not on the field, who cares? You know, right. if you're an injury waiting to happen, no one cares. It doesn't make a difference how good you are um, if you don't play, if you don't play, you know? So that's what I think um, Joe Douglas' mindset is, why we have so many different tackles. Um, well, we'll see what happens. I mean, the offensive line is going to be a huge storyline. I think another one, Michael, and this is going to be probably something that you know they're going to weave this into hard knocks, Mike. You know it. And that's Zach Wilson. That's, oh, yeah. that's, and I think what they'll do in hard knocks is just throw the question at him. How do you feel about being the backup now? They're going to try to get him maybe to, you know, try to get him to say something silly. But You, you know his mom, his mom's going to be on the show. 100% guaranteed. I'm calling it right now, everybody. Mom will be somewhere yeah. in the hard knocks. Trust. Yeah. Well, yo, you look, she's a good mom. She's his biggest fan. She's attacked a lot of people on social media for coming after her son. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if she ends up on hard knocks either, Michael. I think that's a good that's a good uh, possibility that happens. But how he handles, my thought is like if you're Zach Wilson, Mike, and with the same squad last year, all you heard was, man, if the Jets had a quarterback, they'd be great. But you're the quarterback. You know what I mean? And then – they make one move. They've made some other personnel moves. Don't get me wrong. But one major move in the offseason, they get Aaron Rodgers and now Super Bowl contenders. And you're just forgotten. You're an afterthought. You know what I mean? Not to Jet fans. Don't get me wrong. But big picture wise, I mean, teams have just moved on. So if you see that and you're Zach Wilson, there's two ways you can go. You can get motivated. Like Mike traded for him in our Dynasty League. Hoping this will happen. Gets motivated. He's learning under one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Right? Now, look, he, Zach Wilson does not have the mental acumen right now that Aaron Rodgers has. But you, you guys would have heard me and Mike argued about this one time for a whole half hour about all the throws Zach Wilson can make and not make. So, But he has the arm talent, and I cannot argue that. That's not unarguable. You can't argue that Zach Wilson doesn't have the arm talent. Right? But he doesn't have the mental capacity yet to play this position. But he's sitting behind a guy now, and he will this year, whose mental capacity, it's like Yoda. <laughs> You know what I mean? He went with those two MVP years. What he went the two years and threw three picks in two years or something. Like he's on the he, my, he's ascended to the highest level. Aaron Rodgers, when it comes to the understanding of the game, the X's and O's, where guys are going to be, what coverages he's seeing, nothing fools this guy. And you have a chance now to learn from him. So to me, how Wilson responds to this, Michael? Now, is this is this a point in his career where he is going to be a backup forever? 
Or is this a point in his career when he says, now I know what it takes to be great. I know the level I have to get to to be great. And he's motivated for the well, future. That's what I hope. That's what Jeff fans hope. And he has a chance to do that. I think this is an awesome case study because we've never seen anything like this before. Because any quarterback that has put out what he put out is falling to the wayside. <laughs> if somehow, if somehow this works and he actually like resurrects his career, Keith, this will yeah. be repeated again in the future. People will yeah. see this and they'll mean. be like, okay, yeah. so they're not fully dead. If we get them the right type of mentorship, we could, you know what I'm saying? So I, I'm, I'm, I am very curiously sitting back to see how this is going to play out. I don't think, I'll be honest with you, I did the move in fantasy, but I did it from a risk perspective. Do I think he's going to be our starting quarterback in the future? Less than 35% chance, in my opinion. Yeah. Right around, I don't think so. But you never know. I mean, I've, I've, I've never seen a quarterback just sit behind one of the best of all time and men, and and get the thing that is his biggest deficiency, mental. Yeah. Now you have, like you said, Yoda. <laughs> yeah. Can can that work? Can can he fix that? I don't know. Like we're we're gonna find out. Me and you yeah. are gonna be seeing him live at the Hall of Fame game in a, in about two weeks. That's right. I doubt we're not gonna really probably see too much Aaron Rodgers that day. He'll probably be chilling on the sideline, but we'll see a lot of Zach Wilson. Mark, oh, it'll so. be the Zach Wilson show. Oh, it'll, it'll be the Zach, Zach Wilson show. We'll see him live in effect. Michael, I think another big storyline here. And something that was very interesting, considering the draft pick we made in the draft this year, was that guy that's on the screen right now, Michael, number 58. Can we can we have queued that up any better than that big call loss on the screen right now, Mike? I know to you, one of the biggest storylines might keep an eye on, and this year is keep an eye on, because last year they had a ton of sacks. They did a great job as a unit, not one individual guy, but in totality, they had a lot of sacks last year. The Jets, they did a pretty good job getting to the quarterback, especially compared to the previous decade of, of, of you know, never being up to quarterback. But Carl Lawson, Mike. Seven sacks last year. A guy maybe Jet fans thought could be a uh, cut this year. Could be a cap casualty because of his contract. Restructures the contract, comes back, and he's determined to be in double-digit sacks this year and double his sack total, at least according to him, Michael. I think Carl Lawson, that defensive line, is probably one of the biggest storylines as well, right? Oh, my goodness. So this guy, look, very smart. He did take a pay cut, but he's smart. He's like, yo. I'm going to be on Hard Knocks. I'm going to be on six nationally televised games, right? I did get a good contract before. All right. I know this this taking less money here will help the team. But if I shine like the way I know I'm going to shine, I'm going to get a fat contract at the end of this, whether it's from the Jets or it's from someone else. So he's betting on him. He's being mad smart, and he's being a really good teammate, and he's a crazy workhorse, this guy. He really cares. I mean, he does. He he wants excellence. And I'm going to tell you something right now. Keith, this guy was coming off two Achilles tears. Not one. The one that we remember what happened in Green Bay. But then he tore yeah. it again in January. Okay? People didn't realize that. So last year, yeah, his numbers weren't, like, the best. They weren't terrible. Yeah. But that was not Paul Lawson. Yeah. You're going to get him this year. And now you're going to get him with drafted Will McDonald. You're gonna get him with Michael Clemens walking into camp with a bat. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna get Quinn and Williams motivated coming up in the one tech. Yo, it is hunting seat. So that's why I have him to me as my fourth biggest, most important position here. Because if, if our attack from the edge or from the front, from Q, 
if we can attack the quarterback Keith, consistently like Salah loves to, this is what Salah yeah. designs, okay? Yo, this is what makes our defense so ridiculously hard to play against because now you have threats from all over the line and you better be able to throw downfield and we'll get into my fifth position here in a second but that's why i got carl because it's a big year for him and i really hope he wins his bag of money at the end of it yeah yeah me too man i'm a big fan of carl austin i hope he gets that money back because this guy that gave it up for the jets to be great this year we got to see how he performs this year has to stay healthy of course um i think that when it comes to the squad and when it comes to getting sacks this year man there's so many different options i mean if will mcdonald is legit um, and they drafted obviously Jermaine Johnson last year, a little bit of a different type of player than McDonald, but another defensive end. They have JFM. Um, they, they got big Al Woods in here on the defensive line. The Jets defense is just going to be, I mean, they, they have a chance to be even better than last year. I, I really, I really believe that. And they brought Chuck Clark and he got hurt, but they got Amos in there in the safety. So a lot of the holes looks like they filled in. Um, I hope Carl Lawson stays healthy. Really good teammates take that pay cut. That had a lot to do with Aaron Rodgers as well, guys. Uh, guys, I think another storyline here, and this is something that we have to keep an eye on throughout the entire camp. Some of these things we're chatting about right here and chopping up and up, chopping it up about. In the next two or three weeks, we're going to have some definitive answers. Uh, but I think when it comes to free agent additions to the squad, which to me is, let me ask you what you think, Wookie. You have say you have Aaron Rodgers, Wook, for two seasons, and I don't, you know, I'm on best case scenario, maybe he plays three seasons. He's not, he's not even committed beyond one, Wook. But you have Aaron Rodgers. Right now, the Jets have the – let's take a look, guys. Jets have the fifth most cap space in the league. Well, they have $23 million bucks still. They, the rookie, rookie, the rookies are signed. So if you're the Jets and you have $23 million bucks, I know injuries can happen, right? But when you look at some of these frames that are out there, rookie, like some of the running backs we've mentioned, like a Hunt or a Cook or a Fournette or Elliott – um there's some good corners out there like M mc2 might have quieted some of those corner concerns but there's still some guys look do you want to go into this year with so much money still available or are you looking at spots on the team to still fill some holes in here because i think that there's still going to be some phrase and acquisitions on the jets there could be an injury or two i don't think we'll either going to go into the season knowing they only have aaron Rodgers for this short amount of time trying to save money that just would not make any sense no, I, I mean, you're right. You've got him for a short amount of time, whether it's one, two, three, if you're if you're lucky or if he, if you guys have a great couple of seasons and he comes back. Uh, so but it's it's a balance, right? Because you can't just, you know, prepare for, you know, current Aaron Rodgers. You also have to build for when he's gone and you have to understand when that's going to be realistically. So I think, you know, management probably has a time period where they're like, OK, you know, getting a read off Aaron, we've known him for a while now. We think he's going to be here such and such. We don't know, but we're going to try to bank on him being here for two years. So, yeah, you, you definitely want to try to get uh, more running back help, obviously, until, you know, you know what, Brees is going to be coming back off injury, especially the first year back. Um, not saying that he's not going to be good, but it might take a while for him to get back to where he was. So, yeah, I mean, you've got a window right now where, but, but it's... Uh, it's kind of it's delicate because you want to you want to win for this year and next year, but you also don't want to you know crap out after you know post AA run. You know what I mean. So I think you try to get what you you think will help you the best to win over the next two years without going crazy and just because you have the money, just spending it. That makes sense. I, I just think it's like, damn man, we have this short window, and I'm not even 
naming an individual player, maybe besides Dalvin Cook, who I'd love to have on the squad, or Kareem Hunt. I'd love either of those guys. I'm not saying I know that the Jets should sign guy A or guy B or guy C, but uh, they should kick the tires on anyone that can help the squad and improve us even just incrementally at all is my look. And Mike, you see a lot of these freaks that are out there still. Most of them are older players, 28, 29, 30, 31 years old guys. Probably be short-term deals if it was a Fournette or, or, um, or an Elliott or a Hunt. Um, even guys like, and this might sound totally nuts, but what about Mike? I should have said this when we were talking about Zach Wilson. If Zach Wilson doesn't play well in the preseason, that's what we see. Jet fans don't see him play well, Mike. Is it? Do you then go into the year and trust him with the squad that's this good if something happened to Rodgers? Or do you kick the tires on another quarterback if he's not playing well during the preseason? Mike? Uh, I think that where this team is now, from all indications, they're going to ride with Wilson as 2v2. Um, even, you know, I mean, I think you'd have to be really bad for them to change alter course there. However, hold on real quick. If, he's if, been, if, Mike, he's been the worst quarterback in the league. So when we say he'd have to be really bad, he's already been the worst. So that's not, that's dumb. So when I see like Teddy Bridgewater's a free agent, you can't find a Jet fan that wouldn't rather have Teddy Bridgewater backing up Rodgers. Yeah, I agree. I would I'm not talking about long term. I don't mean I three rather, years from now. I mean I 2023. That's all I mean. Personally, I would rather sign a Teddy Bridgewater or one of these other guys. I just, from what I've been reading and hearing, yeah. that's probably not what the Jets thing. are going to do. Yeah, but, however, if Rodgers were to go down during the season, I would bet you they will go after a veteran quarterback to either back up or start, um, you know, if, if, if they were to lose Rodgers. So... I don't think Boyle sense. is going to be the answer there, but all indications is Zach is going to be QB two and and the uh, you know paired with at the hip with Rogers moving forward. But you know I would personally bring in somebody like Teddy Bridgewater in my in honestly I would. But Mike, you know who's a free agent too? Carson Wentz. Oh, I don't want. That. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I just want to try to get your reaction because I know you're not a big Carson Wentz fan. No, no. Currently being shamed on social media for shooting a black bear. Um, guys, also when it comes to uh, linebacking core, I mean Jalen Smith is still out there. Quan Alexander is still a free agent, I think. So, I mean, there's some guys they might bring. I think we got to keep an eye on that because I don't think, especially offensive line, Son, because there, he is. there might there. Oh, there he is. There's Action Jackson, baby. <laughs> that's like that's that with dude the, with the bat from. From Walking Dead, you know the dude. Yeah, he really showed up with the bat. Look at this. He's rolling up like Negan right now from Walking Dead. Those, like those are like the opposite of Z Cavaricis <laughs> he's got on too. Yeah. This oh, cat, man, this cat has it. never smiled. I know. He just is all business, man. That guy is. I think he has a chance to become a really good player and become a fan favorite there, guys. Mike, there's one. Look, obviously, we know. After Aaron Rodgers, probably the guy right now that's the darling of the league or has the most hype of any player on our squad is our boy Sauce. Yeah. And kind of his, we've already talked about it, but we can go back into it a little bit, Mike. His ascension, the corners, all those guys. I mean, the eyes are going to be on him in the preseason. I'm sure on hard knocks, Mike. Once the season starts, um, you can't really be in a situation better than Sauce is in right now for your career. And I think, especially uh, in the preseason year training camp, I think he's someone that people can keep an eye on more than anyone else on the team, probably, than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, this is why he's my fifth and final uh, most important uh, story here coming into camp, because this kid did something that I've never seen any Jet rookie do. He was able to hit all three uh, uh, goals. He, he was a pro bowler. 
He was an all pro. He was uh, defensive rookie of the year. Um, I've never seen this. Okay. And no one has. So a lot of people are thinking there has to be regression. I think he's getting better. I think he's motivated. I think this kid is going to be something truly special and is probably the most special player on our team outside of Quinn and Williams and, 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 and Aaron Rodgers. Um, I, I think that this kid is the best cornerback in the NFL today. I believe that. And is that partly biased? Yeah, I would say it is. But partly it's not because the numbers say it, suggest it. So if, if I'm if it's close, I'm gonna say it. You know what I mean? Like, and you know, there's a lot of narratives out there. Like, oh yeah, they want they quote unquote media wants the Jets to have a great second uh, a cornerback because it, it replaces the Revis factor. What what I don't understand that narrative. Who the hell turns on NFL games to watch a cornerback? I've never even heard of anything like that. Nobody turns on NFL to watch corners. Okay, so Sauce is great because he's great, and that's it. And so, to the philosophy I was just talking about with the defensive line being able to get after the quarterback, that works when you have a lockdown secondary. And if Sauce and DJ Reed can be that lockdown with Michael Carter the second, okay, with a, a safety group that's not as talented, okay. That is what takes this defense to the to the to the upper echelons. And that's why you'll look at a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who we're going to be playing up against in week four. And I don't care who you are, you're going to have a tough time completing passes yeah. against these guys. You are. I not that I'm hating on you or anything like that. Like that's why I have so much confidence, Keith, and I don't want to say this like and curse us. I have so much confidence against the Bills. So much. Because I know Josh Allen is not an accurate quarterback. And I saw it last year. Okay? So, he's going to have to run all over us. So, you just brought up a linebacker. Sherwood. CJ Mosley said it today on the training camp. This is the kid that's going to be the biggest, have the biggest leap this year is Jamie and Sherwood. He's going to be starting at our at our 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 strong side linebacker i i don't know what he's gonna do you know there's gonna be quincy there's gonna be sherwood and then there's gonna be mosley over there in the middle i don't know how sherwood's gonna be but i've been hearing a lot about this kid and the 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 coaching staff feels very confident in him and if you know this happens all the time keith you know defensive coaches like sala they draft guys in the fourth fifth sixth seventh round sometimes in these secondary and linebacking positions and they they take off so yo we're gonna see i personally would like kwan back you would like kwan back we all would but you know what if the defensive coaches are saying that sherwood's ready then let's roll man let's see what this kid's got yeah, at least on paper right now, until Sherwood proves it. Like, you know, what does he have? 17 tackles his whole career so far, Mike. So he's going to have to obviously go to a whole other level we've never seen him play at to be productive this year. But if they have faith in him, CJ Mosley has faith in him. That's good to hear. Um, they're saying the right things, at least. I prefer a vet in that spot. When it comes to Sauce, I mean, he's coming off a historic year. I know Ashante Samuel had for some reason smack to talk about him. I don't know. I never understand why older players who are really good get mad at younger players who are really good when people just say they're really good. I don't. I never understand it. No one's saying that Sauce Gardner is better than Ashante Samuel or he's the greatest cornerback of all time. He was just a rookie and had the best year rookies ever had. That's one year. 
So that's all we have to go off. So that's, that's all the data we have as humans. Jet fans are non-Jet fans. So no one, no one's, no one's overhyping him. If you're all pro at corner as a rookie, you can't do better. Mike just said it. I mean, you can't really do better than that. He was getting Defensive Player of the Year votes. So, um, guys, I want to say one more thing too. Rarely, especially at cornerback, that's not a position guys come in and peak in their first year. Doesn't happen. Find me all the best corners ever that have ever played in the NFL. Their best year wasn't their rookie year. So the level he just set, the bar he just set. He's not going to go, I'm, I'm not saying he can't give up more passes or whatever they hear. Stats are stats. But his level of play, his acumen, his play on the field, his, his awareness, his instincts, they're not going to be worse after a year of play and spring training and watching film and seeing every single play last year that a guy caught a ball on him. From everything you hear about Sauce, the dude's like, he remembers every single play, all the coverages, right? It's get lost in the mix here, lost in the sauce. Lost in the sauce. If you would, guys. Um, the intelligence of Sauce, you look at his grades in school, how sharp the kid is. I think some of his aesthetic, he's rolling around, big change, he's got his gold teeth in Mike. He's being a wild little young buck. Sometimes with young people, you can look at them and the way they dress and go, what's up with this guy? Maybe he just knows football. No, this kid's pretty sharp. So I think it also is kind of lost in the mix here. I mean, the kid's a pretty smart guy on the field. So I only think he's going to be better next year. And that brings me to this last headline, guys, and then we'll get out of here. So happy to talk Jets again with everyone this week. I was so hyped out there on the West Coast. Had no one to talk football with, Michael. Uh, my final headline, and didn't keep an eye on mine, I think it's one of the most important ones, and it is the coaching staff. And you mentioned it before, Michael. Robert Salah is 11-27 and 27 in his Jet career here in two years. And those are two years where Robert Salah and the squad, I know inside, inside themselves, in-house, I'm sure they had expectations to be better than they were last year, to be better his first year than Winfrey. I understand that. But now you have real expectations. Now you have a Hall of Fame quarterback, one of the best of all time, dropped in your lap. You just went from Zach Wilson last year, and everybody knowing, man, this team would be pretty good if they just had a quarterback, to now you have no excuses as a coach. As a head coach, you have no excuse right now. You have Aaron Rodgers now. You have a defensive-minded team that played great defense last year. They're probably going to play great defense this year. You have the personnel. You even have some money in the bank if we need to get some guys. Like, if you look, you're like, wow, the Jets are the Jets are ready. Like, the only thing that can mess it up is bad coaching. And we've right. seen that happen with plenty of teams. Speaking of which, bad coaching last year as a head coach at Daniel Hackett. Right? One year as a coach, he gets fired. Uh, I mean, it did not go well in Denver. I know there was a lot of headlines how disastrous he was as a head coach. This is a chance for him to rebuild that reputation, get some of that respect back. He's going to be reunited with Aaron Rodgers, right? Some of the players he coached in Green Bay. And get himself back on the right track because all the offenses he's coached, aside from last year in Denver when he wasn't the offense quarter, have done pretty well. And it is helpful to have Aaron Rodgers there. But look at his other stops along the way here. But he was in Jacksonville and various places. They've always done pretty good. Um, I want to know who's calling the plays, Mike. I know when Aaron Rodgers is in the mix, you're not necessarily always calling every single play. That run-pass balance, I can't wait to see when it comes to Nathaniel Hackett. So I think... Salah obviously is on a hot seat, and very rarely is an offensive coordinator someone that there's going to be a lot of uh, hype about or people paying attention to. But when you were just the head coach, and then you come into New York with Aaron Rodgers in this high-profile spot, man, Nathaniel Hackett and Robert Salah are almost equal when it comes to the pressure on them and the stress on them. Like I think obviously more will fall with Salah, but um, right. they were seven and four last year, Mike. You know, seven and four. We lost our last six games, so I think a lot of people are looking at Coach Salah even before we got Rodgers. 
as this being kind of a hot seat year, Mike, now with Aaron Rodgers, 100%. Make or break. And I think if they don't succeed this year, a lot of the blame is going to go right to both of those head coaches I just mentioned, Mike. I completely agree with you. It, this is the time, man. And I'll be honest, Salah has not proven to me that he um, is yet to be the future head coach for this team. He, I like a lot that, that he does. I know he's a player's coach. I know that the players respect him. I He, he talks the talk. He does. Yeah. He talks the talk. He has the manner. He's the guy I want to be my coach. But I have not yet seen it. Okay? And I need to see it this year. And I think we all need to see it. And that means in-game clock management. That means being strategic, you know, with understanding your player personnel, when to pull and not to pull, when to start people. I mean, coaching is very mental. Very, You have to be very into all the details and trust your team. Trust the people who manage your team that they're going to be doing it. Don't be out, you know, micromanaging, you know, so... I, I hope I, I want Salah to be our coach, Keith. I love. I mean, he looks I like, like Xerxes from Three Hundred. I love Salah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But yeah. I just don't know yet. I'm not. I'm. I'm not either. I'm. I'm fifty-fifty. I think. I'm, I think I'm like this. I'm not. I'm not like skeptical, and I'm not like super optimistic. I'm kind of like okay. Let's see it. Because you know why, Mike? There's parts of the job that you see he does good at, and he, he is accountable. And he's a player's coach. The players love him. He says the right things. He doesn't He doesn't throw his players under the bus. So there's a lot of things I say a Gase or other coaches we see have done that have nothing to do with wins and losses, but give us a certain interpretation of that coach. And I think Salah has only done positive things when it comes to the media and things like that. His, his personality, I think, works well in New York. Kind of all business guy, all gas, no break, all about football, no BS. That works good here. That type of guy works good here, but it doesn't make a difference what your personality is or how well you do other things, all the intangibles, if on the field the team's not winning. And, and that's what Mike and me are getting at to here, man, because um, I love Salah, too. I think he's been good for New York, good for a lot of the players. Um, I don't think it's his fault Zach Wilson hasn't flourished. I just don't think Zach Wilson's that good quarterback. I'm not going to blame that on Coach Salah at all. Um, and I don't know, man. I think that him and Hackett, man, definitely got to have a little stress coming into this year, but... It's good to have that stress, and then you look to the guy leading the group, the pilot, and it's Aaron Rodgers. That's got to that's feel good. As opposed to thinking, I'm coaching for my job this year, and I'm going into year three of Zach Wilson. Right. That would be, that's not a good spot to be in, you know what I mean, right. guys? So if I'm Salah, man, it does add more stress to you and your job and your plate. Uh, but it's still, no matter what, still a better spot to be in, to have that guy, uh, number 12, out there slinging. Is he, what's he, he's not number 12 on the Jets, he's number eight. Number eight. Number eight on the Jets out there slinging as opposed to, uh, you know, Zach Wilson. So, hey, man, that's a lot. There's a lot more headlines, too, Mike. And those are just the ones all Jet fans know. They're just the ones we're thinking about, Jet fans are thinking about. As the next two, three, four weeks go on here, there'll be some more headlines. Like Mike said, Becton could get traded. Becton might say something wild. Some other player could get upset about something. Or, like happens every single training camp or preseason, Mike, other teams in not good salary cap situations – Bring a guy in who's making 12 mil, and they go, I don't think this guy's as good as he was last year, and the guy gets cut. And they're still good for your squad. So there's going to be some changes, I think, to the roster before the year starts. Keep our fingers crossed. We stay nice and healthy, guys. Those are the main headlines coming in for training camp. Training camp popped off today. Really excited about that. We'll be back next week and every week moving forward now because now it's the season's basically started. We're ready to get going here, guys. I'm excited. Sammy MIA today. 
We will put you on blast right now publicly on the show, Sammy, because you said you were coming in and you didn't. But we'll get back to Sammy soon, guys. The summer's a little crazy for Sammy, so we'll have him back on next week, guys. That was tremendous, Michael. If anyone does want to get at us in any way, shape, or form, Mike, on social media, how could they do that? Guys, are on YouTube. Please like and subscribe on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast, and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG, and Threads. I don't have our contact, but just look up AEBG and you'll find <laughs> Mike, you got us covered everywhere. You heard the man. On behalf of the biggest Jeff in the state of Texas, Michael Agaris. On behalf of the greatest tight end in the history of college football, the big Wookiee, Nick Kronk. My name's Keith Farrell. Good action next week, everybody. Peace out.